Welcome to the fifth episode of the Mass Musings podcast. My name is Kate DeMont, and I'm the founder, as well as a professional photographer, creative mentor, and event producer. I founded Mass Musings in 2012 as a place for creative individuals to find inspiration. Since its inception, Mass Musings has grown into a lifestyle and music collective that aims to connect people through creativity and community. What makes Mass Musings stand out from other blogs is the photography and personality in each post. I make a point to truly collaborate with brands and other artists in order to create unique and authentic content as I believe that this is what builds community and how influence is made. Today's guest has become one of my closest friends in Denver and is a fellow photographer, event producer, and creative hustler. Hallie Madeline is an inspiration to not only myself, but a vast majority of the scene in Denver. Her knack for bringing people together and her sense of adventure set her apart from the crowd and lend themselves perfectly to her collaborations with brands and people alike. Hallie and I connected when a mutual friend put us in touch for a spur of the moment photo shoot and solidified our friendship on an epic road trip sponsored by Toyota. I'm constantly in awe of her passion, empathy, organization, and drive, and it's an honor to have her here with me today to discuss creativity and life in general. What up, girl? (laughs) Aw, that was so nice. (laughs) (laughs) So this is fun. We've been talking about doing this kind of new relaunch of the podcast for a while, so... I'm stoked to have you. I'm so stoked to finally be on the Mass Musings <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Such a fan. <laughs> so what's up? Talk to me about life lately. How is the creative hustle? Creative hustle is good. Creative hustle is always a journey and always experimenting with new things. But recently I've had the chance to take on some pretty exciting projects that I'm super passionate about. And that's been a really fun endeavor and learning experience as a whole. Love it. What kind of things have you been working on that you're excited about? I know you just wrapped up the 14er Film Fest 2.0. Tell me about that. (laughs) Yes. So we, on last Friday, just wrapped up our second sold-out 14er Film Fest here in Denver. We threw our first one last year. I had a bunch of friends in the community who are not only action sports athletes, but also videographers and filmmakers, and the lineup just kind of came together for the first one and it was such a huge success that we decided to throw it again even bigger and better than before and the whole community came out we got a chance to show off some really epic and special films that uh, a lot of my friends worked really hard on so it was awesome to see all the support from the community and bring everyone together in such a powerful way. Love it. And I know you were nervous about that because as event producers know people buy their tickets not very far in advance. Yeah. It's game time for a lot of people. So <laughs> I'm sure that was something that was a challenge, but you knocked it out of the park and got some local productions on board too, which was great. Yeah, it's always so up in the air. Events are really hard because I think the reason that both of us like them so much is because once you get there, I mean, it's there, your job's done. It's honestly magical, just like the forces that come together when you bring together so many like powerful people and um, such close connections in the creative community but uh, it's a lot of work you never know how it's going to go down I mean honestly I was joking around a week out I was like I don't know what's going to happen this week Um, I don't know if my films are going to get here in time from California the feature film was flying out or driving out from California I didn't know if every ticket was going to be sold Um, You never know with publicity, too. That's always really last minute. But um, 
the stress and the hard work is always really worth it when you see it all come together and everyone has such a positive experience. So uh, I feel like I learned that lesson every single time I do an event because <laughs> um, it's always chaos leading up to it. But um, every time it works out, it's it's so beautiful and it's always you learn something completely new every time with the chaos that's introduced. So love it. I mean, yeah, I feel the burn, if you will, every time I throw an event too. And I feel like the stress is almost like a high once you get there. You're just like, oh my God, it's over. We did it. <laughs> like, Yeah, it's yeah. great, but it's for sure like a huge undertaking. And when you're also organizing and like balancing other projects and managing all of that, it, I feel like sometimes it's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel and then you get yeah. there and you're like, I want to do it all over again. I know, right? I know. I always say that. Like, as soon as the event's over, I'm like, okay, what's the next one? Right. <laughs> oh, man. But I feel like that directly, honestly, correlates to, like, all of entrepreneurship in my mind because yeah. we take the biggest risks for the biggest rewards. And that's, like, just, like, the lesson that keeps pounding itself into my head every single event I throw. Um I wrote something about this about like halfway through planning the film fest. So I was still like, you know, about a month out from it. And I, I, I think I might've even called you and told mm. voiced all this to you. I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. Mm. I have like faith that it's going to work out and I can visualize, visualize myself seeing success um, a month from now. But right now, man, I don't know what's going to go down. Like yeah. I haven't heard back from anyone. I don't know what's, I mean, people buy their tickets last minute. I don't know if, all the vendors, the sponsors, the space, the logistics, um, just the many balls that are up in the air. But with each creative project we take on and with each, you know, new endeavor that we face, it's always such a huge risk. We don't know if it's going to work out, um, but we take that leap of faith. And I think at this point, we know that we have the work ethic necessary to follow through. And so we just cling to that and uh, hold on to the faith that it works out. And then it usually does. And it's, you know beyond our wildest hopes and dreams, the success that it is. And you can just feel it. And that's where the addiction comes oh in. Oh my God, so true. <laughs> I feel like all of us freelancers and entrepreneurs, though, really thrive in that environment. Oh, yeah. It's like the risk, like you said. I didn't really identify as a risk taker until I realized in the last couple of years that that's all I'd been doing. And you have this blind faith when you go into things like that. And you're just like, well, I mean, there's really no other option but to succeed. And I'm going to try as hard as I can I mean, sometimes you fail. Don't get me wrong. Like, oh, yeah. sometimes you have to, like, really reevaluate and maybe go at it a different way. But sometimes it just doesn't work out. And I think that's, like, a life thing, too, right? It's, like, how big of a risk am I willing to take? And how much am I willing to put into this until I can figure out if it's either going to take off or if it's a dud, mm -hmm. you know? And sometimes it sucks, but, God, is it good when it's good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's, I mean... I think we just see it as like, we don't have any other choice. Like you said, like mm -hmm. I have no choice but to be successful because right. I think we also have blinders into the fact that like, I didn't necessarily identify as a risk taker either until other people started telling me that. Right. Um, right. <laughs> and other yeah. people were like, what are you doing with your life now that you're like taking on all these like crazy creative challenges and stuff. And I, I didn't see that as abnormal. I was like, well, clearly this is like what I need to do to, in order to succeed. And it might, it might seem crazy to other people, but I think that's the cool thing about being a creative is because we're creative, we see things that maybe other people don't and we yes. can see that success and see the potential in anything and just create it out of seemingly thin air and I mean, thin air and our own passion, I guess. Right. Seriously. <laughs> I, yeah. And it's crazy how much 
like life or death comes in. And that, that sounds dramatic, but when you're paying your bills, I mean, that's pretty much what it is. Like you're either going to pay your bills this month or you're not. And you're either going to rework your problem to figure it out and make it a solution so that you can be productive or you're not. And I don't know. I really struggle with that. And I know that a lot of other people do too. And you probably have in the past, but what do you do on a daily basis when you have those thoughts and those fears? I mean, it's kind of like we were talking about earlier tonight, honestly, with like, you can either approach it as focusing on like the potential stress with it, which I think both of us have been there. Um, or you can approach it as acknowledging the stress and addressing it and knowing that it, it will be there inevitably. Um, when you choose to quit a job, when you choose to freelance full time, or even just when you choose to take on like a crazy project, you can choose to focus on the stress that comes along with it, or you can choose to focus on the process and understand mm. the learning behind it. I, again, with the film fest, like about a week out, I, I told my roommate, I was like, there was one night where I just realized I was like, man, I'm so glad I'm not like completely normal because if I was looking at this objectively like this looks crazy like this looks crazy to the average person like what I'm doing and like the fact that it might not work out and stuff but rather than focusing on that I knew that I mean it helped to have some success under my belt and kind of like go with that but whenever I sense myself freaking out or feel those fears again just addressing them like head on and looking at them without attachment and understanding I've also we talked about earlier tonight just writing things down and visualizing Mm -hmm. them so even if I do have a fear or a thought I if I write it down sometimes then just like putting it out into the air and putting it out visually in front of myself I can look at it with less attachment because it's not just swirling around like endlessly in my brain and I can really understand where is that fear coming from and how do I not ignore it because I think it's really, really important to acknowledge fears and Mm. understand them. And we've talked about this before too, is acknowledging the fears and the sadness and the struggles that come along with everything in order to get to the highs. So really just processing, I think is like Mm. the best thing that I do when I feel negative emotions or fears coming on because there was a point in my life and there still are some points in my life where I feel, I mean, I, I have always struggled with, you know, anxiety and depression and, um, those things can get a hold of you and like warp your mind to a way where you don't feel like you have control. Yes. So I've essentially been training my brain um, over the past year to find control in those moments. Mm. And so understanding that because of certain conditions that were imposed upon me, I have to really take on those things head on. And I have to understand that fear is going to come and stress is going to come, but I've found a lot of benefit, especially recently in writing them down, pushing them away, Mm -hmm. and then understanding what I need to do and what I need to focus on in order to be successful despite those things. Um, So really focusing on the process and really focusing on identifying what makes me feel better in those moments, which is getting stuff done and Mm -hmm. which is organizing and taking time to pause and not constantly be stressing or worrying about the negative emotions of it because I feel like I get caught up in that whirlwind easily sometimes but really really taking those pauses and understanding the process so that I can you know flow with my decisions and flow with my creativity rather than letting my 
negative fears like block any like creativity that could be flowing from me in a certain project and yeah reframing things in a positive light with a ton of intention um yes takes a ton of intention to do that but that's why that's why I like to write it down because then I can like really visualize I'm like am I looking at this positively what's the like is it truly negative or can I reframe this to understand how it's helping me or benefiting me even if it might be a negative thing like what is it teaching me where how am I growing from this where can I move on what is this showing me that I need to do Mm. in order to be better yes oh I love that that resonates with me so much especially recently I think I feel a lot more feelings like as I've been open about with people on the blog and everything I've been sober for over a year and before that I just wasn't dealing with those feelings and I was spinning out all the time and I wasn't understanding why I couldn't grasp those emotions and handle them in a logical way. It was all just so emotionally driven that I was lashing out either internally or externally, whatever. And even recently since then, I obviously still struggle with that because it's a hard pattern to break in yourself. But sometimes I'll find myself like either compartmentalizing so I can get shit done, which isn't always good, but as long as you revisit it, I think it's okay. And then I will write things down and they'll be like, if I'm upset about something, I'll write it down and I won't do anything with it. And if it's still bothering me, I'll revisit it later and see if what I wrote was warranted or if it was overdramatic or if maybe it was worded harshly. And sometimes I just needed to vent to myself and my mm-hmm. notes on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I think being able to sit with those feelings and feel them and understand and take a little time to be introspective and like, okay, what's really going on here? What kind of emotion is this? Is this fear-based? Am I sad? Um, Am I worried? Am I overly excited even? Sometimes I need to check myself then. Like the highs are really high and the lows are really low. I think when you're a creative person who leads with emotion first, Um, And that can be really beautiful because I think we experience highs at a different place than some people vibrate at. But that also means that the lows are really fucking low sometimes. And like one thing I've been working on, which can kind of translate to boredom sometimes is like keeping the wave a little bit more consistent in the middle as opposed to like all over the charts with the up and down, because then I feel like I'm on a roller coaster I didn't sign up for. Yeah. And you know, that's easier said than done, but I don't know. Making time in the day for yoga is nice, I guess, but I agree with you. I think it's all about being mindful and setting intention and doing what you can to, even if it's not solving all of your problems in one day, at least take one step in that direction. Yeah. Cause I mean, like you said, I think we are addicted to that drive and the like extreme highs and then the low lows. I mean, it, in the low lows, we kind of ask ourselves why we do this to ourselves. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I think it it just comes with the territory and like being a creative and being a driven and passionate person. Mm. Passion plays out in a lot of different forms. Amen. <sighs> and it's very interesting to observe, honestly. I mean, one of the greatest tools that we have that not a lot of people tap into is like thought observation mm. and like being observant of what you're thinking and why you're thinking it. And I think that all the things we're discussing now are not things that I was even open to in like maybe a year ago. And um, being able to observe my thoughts with detachment has like helped me significantly. And I, th- I think I'm still trying to like wrap my mind around that and mm. really understand what that means in practice. But um, 
being able to just simply view my thoughts and know that they're first and foremost, like a lot of the times, like a product of an experience or a person or Mm. an idea that was put into us by something else that we've gone through in our lives um, has helped me a lot because it helps me understand that not all the thoughts that go around in my head are mine. Um, So especially with negative thoughts or something like stresses, it's really, really helped me to just like directly observe those. And that I think has helped me really maintain a sense of calm and a wave because, um, I mean, I mentioned anxiety and depression, but I like formally have bipolar disorder. Um, and that's been really interesting to deal with and, and observe. Uh, recently I've been trying to, that's been a huge intention of mine is to level myself out because I do feel myself getting these like insane highs, like not even like brought on by anything other than just like, you know, if we're bringing people together or success or anything, like you just feel it and it's, it's incredible. But then when you hit the low, it, it gets a little bit chaotic. And I think that I've been bringing a lot more stability to my life with Mm. a ton of intention. And that's taken a lot more of observing the things that I do that, you know, bring me energy and level me out. And like you were saying, yoga, meditation, um, taking time to slow down in society. Um, I mean, we're geared completely these days towards the rush and the hustle of things. Absolutely. And I think that there's just infinite value in pausing and slowing down and, me a year ago would be rolling my eyes at myself so hard right now because I did not even believe in that. I just was completely drawn up in the tornado Mm -hmm. um, that I was living in. But I think these days, like as I introduce more and more like pauses into my day and slowing down and um, bringing intention and mindfulness into like just the little moments or even if it's like going to the bathroom at an event or something just to like <laughs> yeah, breathe and like real though. that's honestly like the bathroom is my safe space Same. um but like no one else you can know, find me like, yeah like you just go you can finally be here by yourself but like if I've had like a busy day or even just like at the coffee shop or in the city mm-hmm. or whatever I'm doing just not only in my nightly and morning routine practicing mindfulness but also just like bringing like just breathing into my like every day and like really just pausing and understanding kind of re-meditating on the intentions I set at the beginning of the day because you might have set them at the beginning of the day or done whatever you know morning routine or thoughtfulness you'd go about with your intentions for the day and setting your goals but it's really easy to lose that within like a few hours of getting like swamped up in society and so yeah um people's energy sucks too yeah they can be and and places can be too and situations and um that's also something I'm working on is trying to detach myself from those energies and being strong enough in my own energy that I am not affected by others. And instead I can bring my energy to a space or a person. Um, but I mean, that obviously takes a ton, a ton of intention and work. And I see, I see my friends do that incredibly well. I see you do that incredibly well (laughs) a lot of the time. And, um, that's something I really admire about certain people. And I think that's why you and I always talk about the value of surrounding ourselves with the important yes. people because you really need to be careful about the like people and resources you're consuming before you let them all cloud your mind and get all chaotic. Heard that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I 
it's funny since moving from LA, I found LA to be a huge energy suck for me. And it's hard now when I look back on it, cause I see so many positives and I'm like, Oh my God, it's so creative. And like all of these people are really driven and they're doing these things, but it's also very superficial and surface level. And I, I mean, I grew up in Maine. I had the ocean, I had trees. And lately I've been doing a lot of reflecting on that. And you know, I look at my dad, who's been an entrepreneur and has been around some of, um, he's a fundraising consultant for nonprofit organizations, and he's been around some of the most influential people that I've ever met, um, you know, asking for their help in donating to good causes that they're associated with. And he has been an entrepreneur for his entire life, pretty much, but I have seen such a significant change in him over the past several years with a healthier diet and mindful yoga. And he's always meditated or at least taken a moment for himself in the morning. Um, and my dad's always been very in touch with his emotions. And I think that serves him really well. And as a fellow people person, I mean, that's where I get that quality from. Um, it's important to make sure that even if you're an extrovert, you take that time for yourself because I didn't realize this, but I need a lot of space like, I'm an only child, um, and I've always been told my entire life that it's not all about you, Kate, you know? <laughs> and that really stuck with me. Like, that's a trigger for me for sure because I don't want it to be all about me. Um, but on the same side of that, I relate to people by telling them about my experiences. And it's not to make it about myself, but it's to tell them that, like, hey, I'm empathetic to you or I'm sympathetic to you because I'm putting myself in your shoes and I can try to envision how you feel or I've been there. Um, and I don't want you to have to deal with it too, but then I'm like, wait a second, like I love all these people and I'm taking all their energy and I want to give them all my energy and then I need to stop. Mm -hmm. And if I don't take the time to even just sit by myself for an hour after work or sit by myself after an event, I'll have a little mini meltdown and I will just cry about it. And it's too much. And it's like, I'm on sensory overload and I don't know. I It's hard to balance, I guess, that like um, intense energy that corrals people and inspires and ignites with, oh, wow, even though that really fulfills me a lot of the time, I'm also fulfilled for with just silence. Mm -hmm. And I think it's an interesting dichotomy, but I don't know. What do you think about that? <laughs> so much. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me. I mean, I think... I think we're on like 100% the same page there. We both have very similar styles in approaching people and places. And I mean, <laughs> if if we had our room together, it explodes. Story, we're not quiet. Either. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> don't hang out with us. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, um, <laughs> um, I think that it's it's been something that I've had to learn a lot because I think both of us have been through phases where we've wanted to give that energy, but mm -hmm. just we're draining and draining and draining ourselves. And from yeah. an outside perspective, we're still the bubbly extrovert that's at the party bringing everyone together, but it, you don't see the slow death inside of us, you know? Right. And that's something that I've learned uh, as with everything, again, just takes an intense amount of intention to the point of like, scheduling it into your day like yeah. I I used to again like I I also would think it would be selfish to schedule time for myself or do things for myself or say no to plans because I needed time to breathe and mm -hmm. I I never gave myself myself space to breathe honestly right. um 
until like this past year, even mm-hmm. like I went through so much of my life just feeling exhausted and like I had to do everything and having a ton of energy, but not knowing what to do with it and learning how to manage that energy and, you know, the ebb and flow of like energy draining activities and energy building activities like we were talking about, um, has been a very interesting process and I still am learning about it. I'm still curious to learn more about it, but, um, at the last panel you did, um, I, that just, that thought really resonated with me that you need to, I mean, we're all responsible for managing our own energies Mm. throughout the day and the energy we bring to ourselves, the energy we bring to the table, the energy we bring to others. And with how many goals and how much ambition we have in our lives to make change and really influence people in the world and get Mm -hmm. good ideas out there and spread good things. We can't do that unless we give energy to ourselves first and in order to give energy to others, which is, I think all that we want to do in this life, we do need to give a ton of energy to ourselves and I'm completely extroverted and feed off the energy of people. But I also probably spend more time alone than anyone I know. I, my, my friend, my friends comment on it. Like I, they, I mean, I think people get over it really quickly and realize they're just not going to have me like around like consistently because I've gotten to the point where I, I schedule it into my calendar and I, I make time to meet with my influential friends who I find to be, you know, kind of like co-mentors, I guess. Like I think we help each other a lot. I have, we both have tons of people in the Denver creative community that we, um, you know, get mentorship from and share advice and resources. And I make time for those relationships and those people. But in between those times, I have set hours in my calendar that are put, for example, today I set in my calendar that this morning for an hour, I spent time to myself and I did yoga and I Mm -hmm. meditated and I've been doing that recently. That's very new. Um, but it's brought a lot more intention into my days and felt, I felt a lot more peace about my days, like knowing exactly like, well, I know what I need to do today because I already wrote out that intention. So I'm not stressed about like getting stuff done because I already know that I planned out my week with exactly the duties and tasks I need to take care of each day. And, um, then I had a block of time where I went to a coffee shop and got my shit done. Um, right, right. <laughs> and that's always fun for me. I love working on my own business. I love working on my projects that I have going on right now, but I also knew that I needed to, before I came here tonight, take some time for myself. So I mm-hmm. put another hour in my calendar that was time for myself to relax, decompress, played some music in my house and made love some food that. and then... Uh, came over here so that I could have my energy ready to, you know, thrive and have the best conversation and connection with you as possible. And yeah, after this, I'm going to go home and spend more time by myself. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah, I have not been doing enough of that. I feel like it's hard. I spin out a lot. I'm like, no, but I have so many things and I'm on a roll or I overcommit myself a lot. And I have made an intention, if you will, to really change that over the past year specifically maybe two but really been focusing on it and I have made a lot of progress but I still frustrate myself sometimes um I think that I have enough hours in the day and compared to where I was in my overcommitting, it feels like I'm not but then I'm like well you have a lot of different responsibilities now like I'm living on my own for the first time I am a dog mom to a dog who's a rescue and needs a little bit more attention you know <laughs> hey Liz I see you over there um <laughs> 
Sorry if you guys can hear her chewing her Kong and peanut butter in the background, but she really <laughs> wants to be part of it. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, I mean, overcommitting, I think, is also, like, there's a lot of those behaviors that all string together, like becoming addicted to the work and overcommitting yourself and what you think you can do. And then I think if you spend too much time on things, sometimes my work at least really suffers. Um, I know my personal relationships do because I am so far past drained that I don't even realize it until it's too late. And then I'm just like, on another planet, don't know how to get down, don't know how I got there, and I have a lot of work to do still, and nothing got done, and nothing was accomplished, but I wanted to ask you, you said something about setting your intentions for the day, which I love, but for you, I know I write out a to-do list, which is sort of like my intentions, but they're not necessarily as mindful, so can you explain what you think the difference is between, like, a list and mindfulness and intentions for the day? Yeah, uh, I think to-do lists can be dangerous because, as we've talked about before, too, we just have, like, giant to-do lists that's, Mm. like, anything ever that we want to do and ideas (laughs) that we want to, like, not forget and write down. And, like, so then it just ends up being this huge, like, trash pile of all ideas we've ever had ever that we could possibly execute. (laughs) God, if that's (laughs) You know, it just, you get buried in them and we have tons of good ideas and tons of stuff to offer, but we can't do it all at once. Yeah. Um, Which is unfortunate. One day maybe we'll be able to, but, um, you know what, one day at a time, right? (laughs) As far as I know, that's not possible right now. So, um, but with, I've, I've really switched my approach to that. I think when I first started the whole like entrepreneurship creative journey, I was like, where do I even begin? I'm running my own business. Like how do I manage all of this on my own? And like, how do I categorize and organize things? Like it's just all swirling around in my brain all the time. Um, and I went through a few different processes in the beginning and it took, it took me a really long time to figure out what worked for me. But, um, I guess the only way I really know how to like distinguish them is to like go through what I do. Um, which is to like each, I categorize things by, by month and then week and then day. Mm. Um, and so that's, solely to like qualm my own stress and fears about not getting to my goals because I just really want to be clear on my goals all the time to make sure I'm doing everything possible to accomplish them because I know if I don't write them down then they'll just be swirling around lost in my brain tornado and (laughs) (laughs) not you know I might not actually execute them in the way that I want to or get Mm. to them uh, in the order that I want to and so each month I organize by my goals for the month, as well as my intentions for the month. So I do, I do two different lists and I always do five major goals for the month. And I kind of treat those as more like the business side of things, or, I mean, I guess they can be personal too, but I just always make sure they're super tangible goals that I can like check off of a list, not just like general things. So for example, last month it was sell out film fest. Um, and that was goal number one. (laughs) (laughs) So easy, just like that. Um, (laughs) um, but, and then I also have an intentions list, which is more, I would say on the personal side of things, developing, um, you know, what I want to focus on with my like character that month, because Mm. I'm always, I have so many flaws still. And like, I always will, (laughs) I always will, but, uh, I always am trying to 
kind of pinpoint, I'm like, ooh, that reaction was odd. Maybe I should focus on that next month. Yeah. Um, ooh, so, I like that. Yeah, so I've been, you know, writing out my intentions based on situations and reactions that I've had. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll just, like, switch my mindset on that real quick. And I usually limit my intentions to each month to, like, two or three, honestly, so that I can really Smart. focus on them. Um, and then I have a third list on my month that I update, like, usually at the end of the month, sometimes throughout the month, that's affirmations for the month. So that's like goals that I have gotten done and ways that I've succeeded in my intention. So it creates a tangible way for me to view my progress and my mm. success uh, throughout the month. And I've observed that it makes me like excited. Like when I get, I'm like, Oh, I can write this down on my list now. Like I got it Love done. That. Like, and it's so, it's it, kind of, it really motivates me. And within that, like I said, I break it down week, week into week and day. And so, um, each Sunday at the beginning of the week, I write down my, goals and intentions for the week. So sometimes those do line up with the month, but a lot of times it's like smaller goals within that. So like, for example, with the film fest, again, like if my larger goal for the month was to sell out the film fest, my goal for one of my goals for the week might've been one of the smaller items on that to do list: get chairs for the film fest or whatever it might be. Um, so I create a list of goals for the week and then a list of intentions for the week. The intentions usually, um, line up to the monthly ones, but it's always good to just write them down again to remind myself. And then I go through, each day and I plan out what activities I should expect from each day so that I can like again visually see like how much I can actually like approach and get done in a certain day um and that way I know like I can plan out my week I usually leave a little bit extra room on like the end of the week so that if like tasks float over I know I can Mm. still get everything done that I need to um and then on the daily Again, this is like really new and a habit that I'm still working with developing, but um, I've been kind of finding my own form of meditation, um, I guess. I don't know if I do it in the same way that everyone else does. I don't think anyone, I think everyone does it in their own way, but for me, it looks like visualizing what I'll need to do that day in order to like be the person that I want to be. Um I notice myself getting most upset and dissatisfied in life when I know my actions aren't lining up with my intentions. Hmm. And so refreshing myself in the morning and reminding myself of my intentions really, really helps me. One thing I've been working on is I, I love the phrase that like your character matters most when things aren't going your way. Um, I love that phrase because it does not define me. I am terrible at that. When when things go wrong, I freak out. And I I always have. And that's been something that used to be really bad. I've improved it a lot. Um, But I've I've still been kind of noticing some remnants recently. And there were some Mm -hmm. situations last month where I was like, ooh, Maybe I need to do some growth there. So it ended up on my intentions list for this month. And so okay. now, you know, this morning I – sometimes when I'm a little bit more distracted, it helps me to read my mantras in my room. I, like, in my room I write down, like, my intentions and my mantras. So sometimes when I'm distracted and meditating, bare minimum I'll just, like, read them. And I'll okay. just, like, look through. So it, like, gets in my brain. But then, like, I was, like, biking over here and, you know, like, some – crazy stuff happens on the roads or whatever other people give you their energy honking at you or whatever mm-hmm. cars and people do silly things but it just it didn't affect me because all that was ro- rolling through my mind was your character matters most when shit doesn't go your way and so mm-hmm. I was thinking about that and I I've found that when I even quote-unquote meditate um in the mornings just for a little bit or just like for one second reminding myself of an intention or a mantra I've said it's 
I've noticed it pop up more and more into my subconscious. And so that's what I like is when shit goes into my subconscious because then I don't even need to worry about it anymore. So enough intentional practice will eventually like, I know, introduce it into my brain at a subconscious level. So I'm just trying to introduce as much intention early on as possible. Yeah. I love that. I mean, I think that's actually a great segue into talking about (laughs) what we're working on next, which is uh, Mass Musings and General Assembly are collaborating on a vision boarding event in May. Um, I will post the details in this post, but um, Hallie is going to be helping me because she's such an expert and so inspirational with her intention setting, and she is a connoisseur of other podcasts. She is hungry for knowledge, so... um, Yeah, we're going to be doing that together. Uh, Again, I will post the link in the comments and we hope to see you there because we're going to be going really in depth with this. We're going to be making our own vision boards. Uh, We're going to be doing a quick little, I guess, monologue talk. That's not really what I'm, the word I'm looking for, (laughs) but you get the picture. We're going to tell you about things at the beginning. (laughs) We'll talk about stuff. Yeah, it'll be great. I promise. Come be our friend. Um, But yeah, if you're in Denver or if you're not, we're also going to be uh, going live with it on social media, which apparently is a new thing that we learned about at the last General Assembly. Yes. Ride. So shout out to GA. Yes. Um, I just always feel so fulfilled after our conversations. So thank you so much for being here with me. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to share with people before we wrap up? Or No, I mean, I'm. this has been so fun and I... As Kate mentioned, I love podcasts. I'm obsessed with podcasts. So this is basically my dream. Um, And it's been a great night. Oh, I'm glad. I mean, shout out to everybody listening. Definitely check out Holly's stuff. I'm going to be posting it with everything else along in the blog post. I'm also going to throw in some photos of our dope Toyota collab and other collabs we've done along the way. So you can get a visual representation of us too. Um, But thank you again so much for being here. Thank you. Here's to the future. Yes.